Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have created us and given us life. And by your Son, Jesus Christ, you have redeemed us and given us the forgiveness of sins. And that by your Holy Spirit, you have called us to faith and you continue to strengthen and encourage us in that faith. We thank you for calling and gathering us here together that we could sing praises to your name for you are worthy, but that you gathered us also that we would be strengthened and nourished in our faith. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, so last week we talked a little bit about the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that right, transforms us, makes us holy through a variety of ways. I promise no sound effects today. That uh, the Holy Spirit, again, He makes us holy. He transforms our lives, first and foremost, by the fact that He calls us to faith in Jesus with that life-giving salvation. And these were some of the verses we took, to look at. we took a look at. Ephesians chapter 2 you were dead in your, transpass, your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. But God, being rich in mercy, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For it's by grace you have been saved. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of our works so that no one can boast. But we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And we're reminded of Jesus' words, right, that says that, uh, that flesh gives birth to flesh, but it's the Spirit who gives birth to Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who made us holy, still makes us holy, and will perfect and bring to completion our holiness. That's what it means if we speak those words that the Christian church has confessed for centuries and centuries, I believe in the Holy Spirit. But there's some phrases that take place in that confession of faith, that creed, right after that. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And all those things that come right after I believe in the Holy Spirit are intimately and tightly connected with the Holy Spirit because of the fact that the Holy Spirit does His work of making us holy through those things, that his efforts are being made, of us being made holy are done through the community of saints, that is, the Christian church. It's done through the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. I believe in the holy Christian church. That word church has a, a lot of connotations with it in our day and age. There's a weightiness to it with all sorts of insinuated things. For some, one thing, we, we may think of a building, but that's a very different approach than what we would see in Scripture. But we think of a building oftentimes, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but as a child, a small child, many of us learned this thing. You've got to use your hands. You've got to interlock them, right? Here is the church. Here is the steeple. You can never really show other people. You've got to do this yourself. All right, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and... See all the people. Anyone else ever heard that before? All right, I'm not alone. But that's not entirely accurate. It continues to build the fact that the church is some sort of a building, but as we see throughout Scripture, God always talks about the church as the assembly of the believers. That tends to happen a lot of times in a building, but it is the body of Christ. 
the people who, by the Holy Spirit, have faith in this Christ and lean completely on the gift of Christ and His work of salvation. Holy Christian people gather together. Again, holy not because they've got all these things figured out and they're the perfect example of what God would expect, but because they are a people who lean fully on the grace of Jesus Christ. If we were to continue to walk through Ephesians, there's a number of things that it has to say about this church. So it says, though, that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple to the Lord In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. It says, look, this is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. You move ahead to other places, it says, look, Christ loved the church, And gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. You see, so often we think about faith in such a way as it's our relationship with God, and then we think about the church as something that which we maybe do or go to or are obligated to. But in scripture, the things are, are, are combined. That our faith is not just between us and God, but rather that he has cultivated us together to be a community of faith. Ones who are connected to each other as we are connected to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a a quote from a, a theologian from years back. This is the meaning and substance of this phrase, I believe that there is on earth. A holy little flock and community of pure saints under one head, Christ, It is called together by the Holy Spirit in one faith, mind, and understanding. It possesses a variety of gifts, and yet it is united in love without sect or schism. Of this community, I also am a part and member, a participant, a co-partner in all the blessings that it possesses. I was brought into it by the Holy Spirit and incorporated into it through the fact that I have heard and still hear God's word, which is the beginning point of entering it. The church is the body of Christ. And so Christ establishes the church. Again, I think we think of it in this way, that we have this faith in God and therefore it is good for us to gather together because God needs the church. That's good and beneficial to him for us to gather together to sing his praises. And yet as we take a look at scripture, it shows that, look, all of creation sings praises to God. That the angels surround his throne and sing praises to his name. But see that in his infinite wisdom, he knows that we need the church. The communion and community of the saints. That we need it because of the work he desires to do through it on our behalf in the ongoing outpouring of his grace and mercy and forgiveness. 
You see, this is what we see happen and take place in the time of the early church. If you were to, if you were to walk your way through Acts, we could go through story after story after story. We're just going to hit a couple. When the disciples were gathered together in kind of this first public statement of when they were going to begin to, to do that work of making disciples of all nations... Thousands of people had been gathered and Peter begins to preach this sermon where he talks about the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins because of your sin and because of your need for forgiveness. So repent and be baptized. And it goes on to say that 3,000 people received the word and were added to the assembly of the saints. See, it was through the church at the time, the disciples and those who had followed Christ, the assembly of the believers in Christ, that the Holy Spirit decided to use them to do its work of calling people to faith and gathering them into his community of Christ. We could go on and we hear about this Ethiopian servant of, of royalty. And we hear how he's reading through this Old Testament prophetic book and he doesn't understand it. And suddenly one of the disciples comes up to him and says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I understand it if someone doesn't guide me? And then this disciple begins to go through and show how it is that this prophecy written years and years and years and years and years in the past was proclaiming Jesus, who would be the sacrifice to be killed upon a cross for our forgiveness. And it's because of that that then he says, as he sees some water along the side, he says, well, then why shouldn't I be baptized? See, it's through the assembly, the gathering together of people in the faith, that the Holy Spirit decides to do its work. Again, you could go through story after story. So why is it that this is the way Jesus seems to have been sending out and setting up these things? I think it's because our Creator knows us far better than we know ourselves. You see, He knows our struggles and our questions and our doubts with even being called in faith in Christ in the first place. And He certainly knows our struggles once we are in the faith. You see, how many times have you maybe heard about Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross and you thought, even to the point of saying, sure, I believe that He was here, that He came, He's the Son of God, that He died on the cross for the sins of the world, but what I struggle with is knowing that He died on the cross for my sins. See, I know the things that I've done and the thoughts that I've had and the words that I've said. And it's through the gathering, the assembly of God's people that the Holy Spirit says, Come and be baptized. Have the grace of God applied to you individually. Not the world, you. So then we may say, well, is this some sort of a different kind of grace? Is this something that we add on to Jesus? It's the same grace, the same forgiveness, the same Jesus. But our God understands our struggles in our faith and he wants us to understand the constant outpouring of His grace. We may find ourselves walking through lives and say, sure, I know that I was baptized, but that was years ago. A whole lot has changed in my life. Through the assembly of the saints of God, those who are gathered in Christ's name, come. 
come and eat this thing that Jesus instituted called bread and wine that he says is his body and blood that in it has the actual forgiveness of sins. Again, is this some different kind of forgiveness? Is this something that needs to be added on to the fact that Christ died on the cross? Same grace. The same forgiveness. It's the same Jesus. But listening to Jesus' word that says, do this continually in remembrance of me. Because he knows that we need to constantly be called and gathered to the fullness of the grace that he desires to pour out upon us. It's why he invites us to gather together in order to constantly hear his word. Not only on a, on a Friday, this is the only day that we need the word of God, that we only need God's grace, I think we struggle throughout our weeks. And so to see it, this isn't some sort of an obligation that we have to do in order to please God, but rather it is a gracious invitation that in the midst of the struggles we experience in this world, in the midst of all the doubts that would creep into our lives, that would doubt or undermine the fullness of God's grace for us, that we have chapel Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. There are churches that are around uh, this area on Sundays. We have shouts right on Thursday night and we have the opportunity to gather together in fellowship of, of even a few of our friends to be gathered in the word. Why? Because God desires for us to understand the constant outpouring of his grace. It's the same grace, the same gospel, the same forgiveness, the same Jesus Christ. Not an obligation. An invitation. A gift. See, we believe that in this Christian community we have forgiveness of sins. That this is what takes place through baptism and the Lord's Supper and absolution as, as well as all of the comforting words of the entire gospel. That this encompasses everything that it is to be preached about these things. Why? Because forgiveness is constantly needed. It's constantly needed. For although God's grace has been won fully in Jesus Christ, and though we have been fully called by the Holy Spirit and His holiness is being worked in us, we are a people who are never without sin. And so we need the constant forgiveness of sins and the reminder of God's grace and mercy. Another quote from a theologian said this, Therefore, everything in this Christian community is so ordered that everyone may daily live in full forgiveness of sins through the word. And these things, the signs, the things appointed to comfort and encourage our consciences as long as we live on earth. Although we have sinned, the Holy Spirit sees to it that it does not harm us because we are a part of this Christian community. Here there is full forgiveness of sins, both in that God forgives us and that we forgive, bear with, and aid one another. I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Christian Church. That is the communion of saints, the gathering of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. That's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. 
in any place or any situation or anything that would call themselves the church and does not look or sound like that is not the church, the vessel, the community, the gathered through which the Holy Spirit desires to do its work of calling to faith, sustaining in faith, encouraging in faith until that last day. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks. For you have accomplished all things through your death and your resurrection. And you promised to your disciples that while you were leaving, you would send them the Holy Spirit. And that promise is true for us today. So we thank you for your Spirit, which calls us to faith and strengthens us and keeps us in that faith. And we pray that you would aid us. That as members of this body of Christ, you would help us to see opportunities where we can be an encouragement to one another. As vessels of the Holy Spirit, constantly calling and gathering others to come and continually be a part of this life where forgiveness is freely and fully proclaimed continually. We pray this in your name. Amen.